Thanks for taking the time to listen to this NHS Employers podcast. For all the latest NHS HR workforce information, visit www.nhsemployers.org. Hello, my name is Kat Clark, Senior Programme Officer at NHS Employers. Welcome to the third and final episode in a series of podcasts on recruiting from your community. In this podcast, I'll be talking to Jagtar Singh, OBE, Chairman at Coventry and Warwickshire Partnership Trust, about how NHS organisations can make use of positive action in their recruitment and retention of staff. He will explain how taking positive action can help to support staff who have faced disadvantage and how it can help trusts recruit more widely from their community to strengthen their workforce supply. So Jagtar, welcome. Firstly, can you describe to our audience what you understand positive action to be? Positive action is a legal tool that we all have that help us to address the inequalities mostly on recruitment of uh, staff that may not be represented within our community. Positive action is actually having open days for those people who don't know nothing about your careers and don't have the role models within their community. So you have uh, women-only open days, BME-only open days, LGBT-only open days. Because if you have an open day targeted at those groups, they are more likely to attend. You, you can also provide access courses. Now the purpose of an access course is not to help them to pass the examination by giving them the exam questions. It's to demonstrate to them the kind of skills and competencies required when the selection tests are, are given. Because those groups of people don't have the role models, they can't go to their firefighters, their police officers, their nurses, their GPs home and get that knowledge. So you're partaking that, giving that knowledge to the community that doesn't already have it. The general community in a 100 metre race is already 20 metres down the line when you advertise. The people that don't know anything about your jobs only see the advert much later and therefore may not have all the skills to fill in the uh, application form or knowledge about the job and therefore start from behind the line. In any organisation, positive action is about whatever you're delivering, deliver it better. So in the NHS, positive action is about delivering better services to all the communities and saving lives and reducing the inequalities that the public face. So how do you do that through positive action? Well, very simply, if you have people that work for you, that understand your community, they will then be able to make sure that A, people from all parts of the community know about the services you provide, and also they'll be able to get the messages out to them around the prevention issues. So for, an, for example, we know that within our communities, the Asian community has greater likelihood of diabetes. If you've got Asian members of the community in your workforce, they will understand that and they will help you to A, to design better products to get the prevention message out and B, when they're socialising in their normal day-to-day -day life, they'll be doing for free what you're doing on your posters to get that message out. And therefore that community will understand better, they'll identify diabetes better, they'll live for longer and we'll all benefit from it. That's great, Jagtar. So could you just talk a little about any times you've used positive action, either in, in your current role or in a previous role? So past roles uh, in the fire and rescue service, when the fire service was all white male, uh, in the 80s I used positive action 
uh, on access courses at Bilston College, uh, op open days for BME staff and women, and the same in Bedfordshire. Both those fire brigades nationally were recognised uh, as the best performing in attracting and recruiting. In the NHS, um, several different times, we've used positive action when I was a non-exec director in the ambulance service, in East of England Ambulance Service. At uh, Luton Dunstable Hospital, uh, we used positive action for recruiting more people with their disabilities through uh, apprenticeship schemes. Uh, we also used positive action in a unique way in we, we identified that Asian women weren't presenting for uh, breast cancer screening and we used the CCG funding to go out into the community to screen them uh, because they weren't coming to the hospital and this this actually had a massive impact on uh, breast screening for all women because it was about a postcode issue not just about uh, Asian women. In this trust here um, during the workforce race equality standard we've analysed that we are like many other trusts um, our uh, BME staff, uh, staff are well represented in most bands other than above band 8 mm -hmm. and therefore we're uh, encouraging them to apply for the stepping up program breaking through program we've developed our own BME network and we're also going to be de developing our own uh, BME development program so there's many, many things that we can do. I'm hoping that we'll use positive action tools on the apprenticeship levy to try to make, make sure that that's used wisely to ensure that our workforce is as representative of the, uh, of the community as it can be. When you've been um, implementing or trying to get buy-in for these sorts of initiatives, what are the main challenges that you've faced? The consequences of positive action is the media pick it up as positive discrimination your own staff misunderstand it, call it positive discrimination. Individuals who may benefit from positive action get backlash occasionally from the community or from their own colleagues. The difference between positive action and positive discrimination is very clear. Positive action is you do everything you possibly can to encourage, promote, develop people to the point of which they put their application form in, then they, then they get their jobs on merit against at the application rate. Positive discrimination is to select somebody purely because of their personal characteristics. How have you sort of gone about trying to tackle that issue specifically? Well first of all personally face it up. Where you hear uh, discrimination occurring, where you hear backlash, you deal with it there and then. Face it up. You can't turn your back on it. But, but much easier and better would be to have clear training have have this discussion at induction, have this training doing development programs, have a clear understanding of what is positive action, what is positive discrimination, have an open door policy so members of staff can come along and ask you and can be quite open and candid with you because it's only through discussion and debate that we'll actually tease these things out. If you drive it underground you will cause problems. And if, if a trust was listening to this podcast and they thought how would I go about trying to get one of these initiatives off the ground, what would you say would be the first steps or your sort of top tips to go about doing that? You know, anything um, that organisations are doing, the best first tip is to do a gap analysis. What are you already doing? And I bet most trusts are already doing some stuff. Then you've got the gap, then you fill the gap. So if they're already doing um, induction training, they've probably got a discussion around language of diversity, positive actions always in there, a misunder often misunderstood term. So where do you go from there? You look at your data, 
Look at your data. What is the data telling you? Where are the recruitment gaps? What communities are not uh, uh, attracted to apply? How are you going to attract them? Once you've got people into your organization, how are you going to progress them? Is there a uh, differential in progression rates? Is there a differential in, in um, uh, discipline rates? So we've got plenty of data. But at the end of the day, it all falls and rests on the senior leadership. If you've got clear leadership, if you've got clear ownership of, the, uh, of, of this particular issue, you can drive it. And if the trust was seeking to sort of go about getting the senior level buy-in, how would you encourage them to go about doing that? For me, uh, to get positive action uh, embedded and mainstreamed, it's about getting senior uh, buy-in from senior members of the board. The way to do that is to understand that everybody may have a different motivation. So when I do my board development training, I focus on the business case. However, some people may be uh, more motivated by the financial case. So the financial case in Luton Dunstable when we uh, targeted Asian women for breast, breast cancer screening was that was going to save us lives. It was going to cost us less in interventions, they were going to live for longer and they were going to contribute to society for longer. It may be the moral case. There's lots of moral, high moral, morally minded uh, members of boards who just believe in it. It's the right thing to do. You don't have to convince them it's the right thing to do. There may be those who are politically ambitious, they want to get on in, in, in the NHS. So I think it's, it's multifaceted. You have to look somebody in the eye and think, well, what's going to engage them on this agenda? And you will win that debate. There's no, there is not any individual who will be totally against you. There will always be a case for them to buy into positive action. So Dragatar, I understand in the fire service that you use targets. Could you tell me a little bit about how those work and what some of the negatives and positives are? Following Stephen Lawrence, uh, as you know, McPherson report, Jack Straw set the police targets for recruitment because the, the police were seen as institutionally racist and that was because they weren't representing the community. So he set them targets. Well, one of the negatives of that was he set them targets that they could never have achieved because it wasn't based on uh, vacancy rates. It was va based on what they should look like. Well, that would take centuries to do that because of low retirements. So the fire service followed the same suit. We had the same problem with targets. But the one good thing about those targets was even though you could not achieve them, they motivated chief officers to start to achieve them. Because as we said earlier about the business case, the business case here driving chief officers was the government wanted this to happen and senior politicians wanted to make it happen. We've got targets in the NHS for all sorts of things. So why should we not have targets for recruitment? Targets are a way of measuring your success a way of measuring how good, how, uh, how well your initiatives are working or not working. Set your own targets based on your own figures, based upon your own community, based upon the available population. Then you can be realistic. But the first thing to do is to say, we may not m meet the targets we've got for actual success of applicants, but you can meet your targets on attraction. So you can attract more people. Attracting more people to apply from diverse groups is a good success factor. If they fail, find out where they fail and give them more positive action courses. Thank you for taking part and sharing your knowledge with us today, Dragtar. That concludes the series on how you can better recruit from across your local community. Thanks again for listening. 
If you want to listen to any previous episodes in the series, you can do so by visiting our website at nhsemployers.org forward slash your community. Thank you.